Hello friends, this is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It is time for a Bible study that is designed to be a blessing to you. I believe that God's Word is so potent, so powerful, that if it gets in good ground according to the Scripture, it will bring forth fruit, 30, 60, and 100 fold to the glory of God. And this broadcast today, this webcast today, is for the glory of of God and the good of His people and the good of anyone who will take the time to hear what the Scriptures declare, and because you will find out how great God is, and you will find out how good God is, and you will find out how willing God is to help you today. If you're not a Christian, please stay tuned today, because God loves you enough to give His Son for you. No one loves you like God loves you and has proved that love by the giving of His Son. Uh, and uh, no one loves you like Christ loves you, for He stayed on the cross in order to forgive your sin and mine if we would repent of that sin and receive Him as our Savior. So please stay tuned today as we talk about walking in that victory that God has provided for each and every one of us as His children. Our text is from Second Peter chapter 1, and I'm going to begin reading with verse 5 on the subject, these things. The reason these things that are mentioned here are so important is because the Bible said if we have these things operational added to our saving faith, uh, we will never fall. Now that's an important, important thing to every believer. This word fall here means to, to go back into sin, to go back and pick up the sins that we once laid down and were forgiven of. Now, I've been a pastor for going on 45 years, pastor slash evangelist, because we've always had some kind of outreach uh, to reach the unsaved and to reach out and inspire and encourage and educate Christians on how to live and walk in victory. And we have a history of victory. I'm not bragging on us. We are what we are for the, by, by one reason, by the grace of God. That's what Paul said. I am what I am by the grace of God. And without that grace, we could not have stood any of the tests that have come. And we do not take for granted our victory. We strive to walk in that victory that God has provided for us every single day. We have a marriage that has stayed intact. <laughs> We're still in love with one another. Oh yes, I'm going to get mushy for a little while. We are still in love with one another. And we've been married 55 years and counting. Been in the ministry, pastoral ministry of this particular ministry for 45 years this coming January. Uh, the tests have never relented. They continue to come. Test of our own personal walk with God. Test of our faithfulness to our calling. Test to our faithfulness to one another. We are always going to be tested. And there is a victory that is available to you and to me through 
Jesus Christ and the grace that flows from his cross and the power and the instructions that he gives us. You know, you've got to take the armor of God if you're going to defeat the devil and you've got to have these things we're going to talk about operating in your life if you're going to defeat the flesh. Because defeating the devil is really, really based on being able to defeat this weak flesh of ours. And there's victory for you in Jesus. I've got good news for you today. There is victory in Jesus, but only in Jesus. And only in His instructions. Uh, when you get saved, we don't sit down on our salvation. But we begin to grow. And we begin to add to our faith. Listen to this carefully today and listen once again for the term these things. That's what we're defining today. The Bible said in Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 5, beginning with our reading, and besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. Want to define this. This is not just giving to the poor. This is divine love, or the God kind of love. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you, that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. See, this, this is why people go back and pick up those sins that we laid down initially when we came to Christ as our Savior and repented of those sins. Listen to verse 10. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence, once again the word diligence is used, to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, I'm putting the emphasis here, underscoring that, you shall never fall. And for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, underscore it again, though ye know them and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet, as long as I'm in this tabernacle, this body he's talking about, to stir up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. Moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able, after my decease, to have them in remembrance always. We talked about the first two of these seven that are listed, and we talked about knowledge, and we talked about virtue. Today we're going to talk about temperance and time-permitting patience. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. I always uh, say, I get up in the morning and pray, Lord, give me patience and hurry. I know I'm going to need it. Well, it doesn't come by 
praying for it. It comes by enduring the test, enduring the temptations. It comes through tribulation, the Bible said. For tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. We're told actually to let patience have her perfect work, that we might be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. All right, I'm jumping the gun to patience, but I want to stop uh, with the next one on the list here is temperance. Add to your faith virtue, add to your faith also temperance. Temperance in the Greek literally means self-control. Someone said, if you would learn self-mastery, begin by yielding yourself to one great master. In order to conquer self, and, and through conquering self, begin to conquer sin, we begin by making Jesus the Lord of our life. Not just our Savior, but our Lord and our Savior. Self-control. Back in the Old Covenant, it said, uh, uh, anyone who has no control over his own spirit is like a, a city without walls. It's an incredible truth that we see in the Word of God that without self-control, we become so vulnerable to the devil, we become like an indefensible city that an enemy can come at any time and take uh, and capture and enslave. God wants strong walls against the enemy in our life. The Bible doesn't just say resist the devil and he'll flee from you. And getting some kind of, of, of concept of our spiritual authority to rebuke him. Uh, this resisting begins with submission. Not with uh, admission or proclamation of who we are in Jesus, but who Jesus is to us. The scripture literally says, Submit yourself, therefore, unto God. Resist the devil. It's in the same sentence. Submit yourself unto God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Friend of mine, the only way to defeat the enemy who appeals to our weak flesh and to have control over that flesh is by submitting our life and committing our life totally, absolutely, unto the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Submit yourself, therefore, unto God. Then, and only then, can we use our authority. We have authority, but we can't use authority over the devil if we don't have authority over self and if we don't have authority over self, <laughs> we, we will never have authority over sin in our life. We will literally fall back into the old patterns, find ourselves back in an altar, repenting of the same old sins over and over again. I'm not talking about arriving at sinless perfection. I'm talking about coming to the place that sin does not dominate and domineer over us, that sin does not reign. The Bible said, don't let sin reign in your mortal body to fulfill it in the lust thereof. And the, how to do that is by walking in the Spirit. 
yielding to the Lordship of Jesus will bring us the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And believe me, He will help us fulfill the prayer, lead us in paths of righteousness for your name's sake, so that God can be glorified in our life and through our life. 1 Corinthians 9.25 says it very, very clearly. It says, And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Every man that striveth for the mastery could be interpreted every man that contends for the prize. You see, the Apostle Paul said, Everyone runs in a race, but only one receives the prize. Run that you might win. Praise God. Amen. I'm going to make some statements here today about that. Uh, Faith can never flourish where flesh is not controlled. If we cannot conquer self, we can never conquer Satan. If we do not conquer self, we can never conquer sin. You see, the Apostle Paul went on to say, I don't fight as one that beateth the air. I know where my weak area is. I know the enemy uh, is closer to me than the enemy without that tempts me, the devil. I know my weak flesh is my greatest enemy. And defeating weak flesh qualifies me to defeat my adversary with all of his power and all of his subtlety and all of his deceptiveness. He said, I do not fight as one that beateth the air. I'm not just shadow boxing. I see my opponent. I fight a clearly defined opponent. And the next verse he said, I buffet my body and I bring it into subjection, lest I preach to others, I myself become a castaway. You understand what what is at stake here. The scripture literally says that every man is tempted when he's led away of his own lust and enticed. Satan has no power over us if our flesh is crucified. But he has great power over us as long as our flesh is the dominant influence in our life. And that's why we are told we are to crucify the flesh with the lust thereof. Friend of mine, the flesh will never change. The flesh has not been transformed. The flesh will not be conformed uh, unless we bring it into subjection. Paul said, I can't do the things that I would. I can't, in other words, allow my flesh to be the dominant influence in my life. We're actually told to reckon ourselves to be dead unto sin, but alive unto God. Amen. This is an incredible truth today. And it begins by submission, a commitment to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. The scripture said, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your body, that simply means the container for your spirit and your soul along with your body, a a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service, and be no more conformed to the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you might prove what is that good, 
and perfect and acceptable will of God. A friend of mine, I want to say it again. Faith can never flourish where flesh is not controlled. If we never conquer self, we can never conquer Satan. If we never conquer self, we can never conquer sin. So Paul said, I bring my body under control, under subjection, self-control. This, this adding to our faith temperance. Amen. So that we can win the prize. Hallelujah. Praise God. This is such an important issue here today. I've been a pastor for going on 45 years slash evangelist. I've dealt with people. I've seen people come to an altar, give their heart to Jesus, and never add to their faith these things that are vital to victory. And I've seen them go back and pick up a sin they laid down, get discouraged, and turn back instead of come to Christ, confess that sin, ask once again for forgiveness and deliverance from it, and begin to get serious, to become diligent, as the Scripture declares. Diligently, He will reward them that diligently seek Him. If you don't want to be defeated, if you don't want the enemy to get a foothold in your life, you have to be diligent. That doesn't mean hit and miss church services. Because through the Word of God is where we grow in Jesus. Through the Word of God is where we have these great truths revealed. And we can see the pathway to victory. We can see what we need to add to our faith to obtain victory here in the Word of God. Uh, people that just go to church hit and miss are not diligently seeking God. But if they ever become diligent, they will have a healthy hunger for the Word of God. You see, if you truly want to be right with God, you will, you will get hungry for righteousness. And the Scripture says, Blessed is he that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. With what? With what they are hungry for. With righteousness. And all scriptures given by the inspiration of God, according to the word, and is profitable for rebuke and for reproof and for instruction in righteousness and for correction and for instruction in righteousness. You know, when I'm sitting, listening to or reading or studying the word of God for being preached by someone else under an anointing, I get convicted. My flesh is exposed for what it is, my weak flesh. And I'm encouraged to crucify my flesh in order to truly follow Jesus Christ. And the day that I will to not give in to the will of my flesh, all of heaven's resources are mine to overcome my weak flesh. The Apostle Paul put it this way in Romans chapter 7. He said, he said, talking about the conflict, he said, there's a law in my members. My flesh wars against my spirit. My spirit wars against my flesh that I cannot do the things that I would. He said, when I would do good, evil presents itself. 
that's something intrinsic to our flesh jumps up when we think that all is conquered, all is well, we still have an issue with weak flesh. And he said this battle between flesh and spirit, trying to win it in his own resolve to win it, his own will to win it, he became absolutely worn down and worn out. He said, I find this law. The flesh wars against the spirit. The spirit wars against the flesh. And in the down near the last verse of Romans chapter 7, it says, O wretched, which means someone worn out who has fought to a state of fatigue, ready to just give up and, and give in and give over. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of sin? And then immediately he gives the answer, I thank God through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. There is victory in Jesus, but only in Jesus. And it begins not with his power available to us to overcome, but our commitment to his person to his lordship praise god and then he, without uh, without losing uh, only a comma we go to chapter 8 as an extension of chapter 7 the chapters and verses were put in to accurately translate this is not a new thought in chapter 8 listen to the end of chapter 7 of romans o wretched man that i am who shall deliver me from this body of sin, I thank God through Jesus Christ. Should just be a comma it's written as a letter. Chapter 8 continues the thought, Now, therefore, now that I am saved, now that I understand the conflict between the flesh and the spirit, now that I know that through Jesus Christ there is victory for me, now, therefore, there is no condemnation to them that are in Jesus Christ who walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh. In other words, who allow the Holy Spirit to be the dominant influence. And the Word of God, therefore, and the will of God, therefore, uh, rather than just walking according to the lust of that old man that is supposed to be dead and buried. That's what baptism is representative of. Our old man is dead and buried with Christ, and then we are raised up with Christ to walk in the newness of life. Praise God. Thank God. We used to sing it, the old camp meeting song, uh, I'm in a new world. Since the Lord saved me, old things have passed away. All things are new today. Praise God. He gives me light for paths so dim. I, I, I'm so glad that I found him. I'm in a new world since the Lord saved me. You know, the Bible said, if any man be in Jesus Christ, that doesn't mean just come to church and go through a ritual. It means that when we come to know Christ as our Savior, we are baptized into Christ by the Holy Spirit. And if any man be in Christ, old things have passed away. All things have become new. Praise God. And we're to walk 
in this newness. And it involves a new master. And that new master is none other than Jesus Christ. And we begin to take authority, not just over the devil, but we take authority over our own weak flesh. Paul said, I sanctify myself daily. This is not a one-time event that occurs. This is not positional righteousness alone, but personal righteousness as we commit to bow to one God and one sovereign and one king and one master, the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you decide, I want to follow Him and not the culture. I want to follow Him and not my own weak flesh. I want to follow Him. Hallelujah. Walk in the light as He is in the light. Then the prince of darkness will not prevail. We can submit unto God and in so doing resist the devil and He will. Then you can use the authority of the believer. You can use the name of Jesus. And the devil has no alternative, no option. He's going to have to back off. He's going to have to flee. I love the word flee in the Greek because it means to run as in panic. <laughs> Amen. Listen, a panic-stricken devil running from you is never going to overcome you. I'm going to say that again. A panic-stricken devil running from you is never going to overcome you. I want to declare it today. I know you struggle with your weak flesh. I struggle with mine, but we have an ally in this battle between flesh and spirit. Paul said, I can't in my own self, with my own resolve, with my own energy or ingenuity, I can't defeat this law in my members. But there's another law that has come into play. Let's go to Romans 8 and see it. Now, therefore, he said, I thank God through Jesus Christ. Now, therefore, there is no condemnation to them that are in Jesus Christ who walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh for the law of the spirit of life in Jesus Christ has set me free from the law of sin and death. One translation says the vicious circle of sin and death. That that it's like a a a a, a, a merry-go-round that we can't get off of. We repent and we sin and we repent and we sin and we repent and we sin, and we we don't discover the keys to victory. We are not diligent in our seeking of God. We're not diligent in exposing ourselves to the Word of God and then diligent to apply the Word of God to our life. Listen, if we add to saving faith virtue and we add to our saving faith knowledge and we add to our saving faith temperance and we go on adding to our faith, if we do these things... We will never fall. We will not find ourselves back uh, enslaved by sin or enslaved by the devil. You know, the Apostle Paul saw people make this great start for God. And he said, you did run well for a while. What did hinder you? I believe that 
what Peter is saying right here is what happened. They ran well for a while, but they stopped short of adding to saving faith these things. Friend, we're not running just for a while. We're running all the way to the end that we may finish our course. Hallelujah. Paul said if you're going to win this prize of the high calling, if you're going to win, amen, then you need to run with patience the race that is set before you. That brings us to the second thing or the fourth thing that we are to add to our faith, and that is patience. And our time is gone, so next week we're going to begin to talk about this patience that causes us to endure. And they that endure to the end shall be saved. Make no mistake about it. We are going to make it with the help of God, with the grace of God, with the strength of Christ in our life. Hallelujah. With the Holy Spirit called alongside to help us. Uh, today, I need self-control. Because if I don't have self-control, then I'm out of control. And if I'm out of control, I cannot be filled with and controlled by the Holy Spirit. And it's so important that we understand being filled with the Spirit is not just getting power over Satan and power over over the demons and 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 the cohorts of the devil this is not just power to lay hands on the sick or power to do these these acts that the apostles did you will receive power from on high you will receive power when the holy ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me in Judea and Samaria and the uttermost part of the world before the charismata before the gifts of the Spirit is the fruit of the Spirit and one of the fruit of the Spirit or products of the Spirit replicating the character of Christ within us is temperance <laughs> Hallelujah. Self-control through allowing the Holy Spirit to take control of our lives. You see, it's one thing, dear friend, for you to have the Holy Spirit, even with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. It's another thing for the Holy Spirit to have you and to have me. And I pray that we will submit ourselves unto God and commit ourselves to following Jesus Christ and allow the Holy Ghost to take over and really, like the country song said, really let Jesus take the wheel. Oh, friend, there's victory for you. Do not be discouraged. Start adding to your saving faith these things and you will never fall and come back next week will you and let's talk about Jesus